What is up? We are back with another episode of the Draft Joe podcast with myself, Nolsey, and my co-host, Jack C. Jack Maloney is back in the building. How are what, you now? What is the story, Nolsey? Doing well. Back from uh, back from a trip in Queensland. Um, bouncing around. Started off in Cairns. Worked all the way down to Whitsundays, Early Beach, Fraser Island. <sighs> so if, if you want to get in contact <laughs> with Jack Maloney of how to do that, Give him a message and he'll tell you what job he's working at to be able to do that all the time. Yeah, I'm now selling uh, travel guides as well for uh, for Queensland as well, so you can check them out in the bio as well. Jackson will start us off um, with bookings, but I suppose we'll do a run-through of what we're going to do. We're going to go through injuries, notable injuries. We're, gonna, we're going to do some quick-fire trades and develop more on why we're going through quick-fire trades. Players that are undervalued and overvalued because, again, as we said, we're going to look at trades an awful lot and the reason why we're looking at trades is because it feels like there's very little on the waivers these days. We're then going to go through listener questions and then finally finish off with waiver suggestions as always. So, back to the Jack Maloney fella. Can we get some booking information? So, players that are on seven bookings. Just the notable ones. I think there's about 10 players that are on seven, but these are the ones, the main ones that would really matter. The likes of Rodri, Darwin Nunes, Dawson and Brathwaite. On eight, Jackson and Anthony Gordon. And on nine, so if they receive one more booking, they'll receive a two match ban. That's Polina and Bruno Gamares. So Bruno Gamares is the most notable one there because Newcastle have a very good run of fixtures. They haven't been playing well. Yeah. I know Newcastle haven't been fantastic recently. But if he does get another yellow card, someone will have to come in to, to fill a spot for two game weeks. What an assist the last day outside the boot. So Aww. Bruno actually isn't the worst pick on paper, taking away them bookings because he's nailed down in that Newcastle def- uh, midfield and they have some good fixtures, which we'll talk about. But yeah, good to know. Likes of Gordon, Jackson might be probably yeah. the best picks out of those. Looking at them injuries, Olise. Loads of questions about Olise and possible trades for him. It looks like, to me, Olise is a drop. Because Olise is looking like four or five weeks for this persistent hamstring problem. I think it could be the end of his season. Just because the way he's coming back, especially the last day, coming on and going off again. If Palace want him, even for the last five games, I think they have to get that injury right. They have to get the hamstring right. Martinez looks to be out for six or seven weeks for United. Unfortunate because he was so good for them the last day and it looked like he could solidify them. Just on Alisa, you were saying they need him for the last five game weeks. The way Palace are going, I know they had an okay start to the season. They may may need him to stay up. Mm-hmm. 100%. Just the way Luton are going, the way Everton are actually playing well as well. Palace could look shaky towards the last five games. like. And it nearly was evident in the way he came back because he was brought on when he clearly wasn't right yeah. to get a result. Before I go on to players that are probably only out for a short term, I have it written down here that it's probably too late in the season to hold on to the likes of Olise. Obviously, Martinez is not crazy high value. But it's probably too late in the season to be holding on to anyone that's three or four game weeks. Unless they're a very, very high value player, I think it's time to cash in because I think it's only 16 game weeks left. So you're taking away, what, 25%. That's only like four games out of 16. It's 25% of their whole playing time is gone. And if it's going to be any longer than that, like Olise says, it's probably going to be four. Could be five, could be six. 
So you're looking at half the time of his injury, it's gone. Looking at players that are probably going to be out short term for game week 24. Um, Gay is going to be out for Palace. Kanza, I think it's still unknown how long that's going to be. Gordon, we know, is probably going to be out for 24, possibly longer with a twisted ankle. And Kanate is suspended with that red card. Okay, quick fire trades. Jack Maloney, I'm going to throw out some trades. You're going to tell me which side and I'm going to say I agree or disagree. You just tell me, Eze or Garnacho? Eze, Garnacho. Garnacho. Agree. Okay, we'll come back over these. Yep. Gibbs White and Haaland, Richarlison, Watkins. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. Richarlison and Watkins. <sighs> yeah, I know where you're coming from there, man. Okay. I know Haaland um, could win you a game week on his own. I don't know why, but I, I'm agreeing with you there. Okay. Luis Diaz and Nkunku. This one was put on Twitter. Luis Diaz and Nkunku, Gross and Awoni. Gross and Awoni. Agree. Robbo, Wilson and Allison. Steele, Estupinan and Alvarez. Steele didn't start the last day. Estupinan didn't start the last day. Alvarez with KDB. I know we're going to go into these in detail. Yeah. But I'm just thinking out loud. Option number one, Robbo, Wilson, Allison. Yeah, okay. Um, shit, I have to agree or disagree. Agree. Agree. Okay. Right. Tough. But yeah. let's go back over it. Garnacho playing out of his skin. Uh, United have fantastic fixtures. Eze, injury-prone, Palace, poor team. If Eze is to return, he's going to have to do it all himself. Correct. Um, Palace, yeah, without, without Elise, they're just not gelling together. And United are playing very well. Bingo. This one. Gibbs White and Haaland. I think if you're looking at a two for one there. I'm not saying Gibbs White is totally obsolete. But I think Gibbs White plus Haaland. I'm looking at just will Haaland outscore Richarlison or Watkins. And the way Rock Watkins and Richarlison are playing. You're getting two strikers for one. I know it's Haaland. But yep. Watkins is playing. Watkins is matching Haaland. What will Gibbs White like he he may return but they're few and far between I think you're going to have to just look for a waiver so it's essentially a waiver plus Haaland we agreed on that one 100% cool uh, you went Gross and Awoni over Luis Diaz and Nkunku yeah why Gross Brighton's fixtures he's probably the most nailed Brighton player mm -hmm. playing very well returned the last day got an assist the last day he got two assists the two last assists. day Awoni back from injury before he was injured you said it like Prime Lukaku mm -hmm. and like Chris Wood is although Chris Wood played well only straight back into the team uh, in Kunku I don't like Chelsea at the moment um, he's a good asset but yeah I agree he's a good asset I what you have here I, in my opinion is nailness versus explosiveness Luis Diaz and Kunku on any day can be very good assets but I think if you're taking it from now until the end of the season and I want just two players that I can kind of rely on every day. They might return, but I'm happy to have them in my team and starting. Yeah. Gross and Owoni. I think, I know we spoke about steady eddies. I think Gross is like an elite steady, steady eddy. I totally agree, man. Perfect. And then the last one, as you said, Steele and Estupinan didn't start. Alvarez is now in competition with KDB, Foden, Haaland versus Robertson. Double game week coming up. Should be back in the team. Wilson, Isaac injured. And Allison, double game week coming up. Yeah. 
um, just on the right hand side with the steel of stooping in. So we were looking at it earlier and steel before last week, he played three games in a row in 90 minutes, but then their 4 0 loss to Luton, that's when he was dropped for Verbruggen. And a stupid end, not too sure why he was um, dropped, dropped yeah. but uh, Lamptey did play very well. Yeah. So we'll be like, you never know what to serve Last week, you would have said the other side. Last week, you would have said a stupid end, Alvarez this week, you're saying Wilson and Allison. And it's just funny the way it works. But based on current information, I have to agree. Yeah. Cool. What's Isaac's injury? I know he's been... We will be covering that later in the podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the reason we did that is because we have been found, we have found in the last couple of weeks that the waivers have been so slim that although there's been good options, there's been no one that will replace someone in your team. There's no one that's going to replace a Garnacho or an Eze. It's going to be someone that maybe is going to replace an injured player. So it's very, very hard to get consistent, really good players over the line. You can get them week to week and that can work. But as I said, replacing someone else, very, very tough. So we have done that so we can get a better understanding of values of players that are currently on the market. We're also going to go through a very quick list and not explain them in detail. Just someone, some players that we think are undervalued for one reason or another as well as players that are overvalued and more specifically their reasons. So, Stupinan, top of the list, why? Didn't play the last day. Didn't play the last day, value down. I still think he's gonna get the majority of minutes for the rest of the season. Even if he doesn't, very explosive asset. Very high ceiling. Very high ceiling, so. Probably one of the highest ceiling for a defender. 100%. Um, Brighton are improving slightly defensively. They're not letting in as much. They're not solid by any means. Mm-hmm. But Stupinan, to come back in that team, although Lamptey did play very well, I don't think he keeps his Stupinan out of the team consistently. So if someone wants to get rid of a Stupinan, boom. Jesus, injury prone, very little strikers. I don't see Inketia or anyone else starting consistently when Jesus is fit. If someone is worried about his fitness, no problem, I'll take him off your hands. <laughs> Wilson, coming back from injury, deemed fit. Isaac out till game with 25, 26. Um, yeah, you, you, know, you know what you're getting with, with um, Wilson. He'll probably be injured in two or three game weeks time. But if someone wants to give him away because he, they think that, no problem. I'll take him off your hands. Please, <laughs> please, someone trade me Wilson. I take Wilson. Would you take Wilson over Isaac? Right now? Well, because I have Isaac and he's injured. Yes, 100%. Because I need a striker. It depends on your situation. I have no striker. I have Amdouni, Maupe and <laughs> uh, Isaac. Now, two of them aren't the worst. But Isaac was my first pick. So I would I need a top level playing striker. So right now I would take it. Yeah, and Newcastle have some very good fixtures. Hundred percent. And Wilson, we know I think he's what did we have seven goals, one assist this season, and has rarely played. So when he plays, he does get returns. Um, unfortunately, it's came at a bad time for people that are trying to get the trade over the line because Isaac has got injured and he's been fit. So it's like, oh well, this is a no-brainer. I'm going to keep him. Um, but if someone thinks that Isaac's going to play soon, please, please send them trades. Gordon, again, because of injury, if it's not as bad as we think, maybe it's a good time to get him. There is a possibility that he's out for three, four, five weeks, but we don't know that yet. It's a sprained ankle. They said the doctors are doing everything they can to get him back ASAP. 
maybe send a little trade see how someone's feeling if they're getting cold feet and they don't want them and they need someone to upgrade if they have a kind of even an Eze who could be back could be back very soon but might miss a game or two and Gordon might miss the same length of games uh, Newcastle and Gordon have been very very consistent in terms of their points okay so Gordon has been a fantastic asset as an FPL pick four five six points every day that's exactly what we want in the draft he Chan now he might be out till game week 26 even 27 but the way Wolves are playing when he comes back there hopefully it will just rain down goals and Neto playing unbelievable Cunha out of his skin even if they dip off, I think when He-Chan comes back, they'll raise up again. Yeah. So, He-Chan, because, he, because they're in the final, I think they're in the final now, aren't they? Semi-final. Semi-final, and very, very likely to get to the final. Yeah. Someone sees that, and they say, oh, he's going to be missing another two or three weeks. Well, it's the sunk cost fallacy. Yeah? Yeah. That maybe they don't want to continue going with them. But you're nearly, nearly at the end. Two games left. So, I would definitely be going for He-Chan. Someone high on my radar. Robbo, we said, should be back in the Liverpool side. They've got a double game week. We know what he can do from set pieces, so on and so forth. Luke Shaw, United kept a clean sheet. Now, if Martinez wasn't injured, he would be a fantastic pick. Problem is that um, with Maguire in there and Varane, I just don't know how solid they are. Luke Shaw, and this is the exact same thing with all our defenders. We're probably not looking for any clean sheets here. No. We were discussing this earlier that it is so hard to predict a clean sheet in the Premier League this this um, year. Don't just go looking at clean sheet odds. That's what we said at the start of the season. But right now, it's it's nearly irrelevant. Look at the fixtures from last weekend and look at the teams that kept clean sheets. As you said, Jaxie, Liverpool and City can't keep clean sheets. Yeah, Arsenal can't keep clean sheets. Arsenal, I have Saliba in normal fantasy and he's just a two-pointer. Yeah. One-pointer. So, like... Don't be looking for clean sheets. Look for your attacking wingbacks. And I know it's very simple, and that's the same concept as always, but even more so now. And just take it in your head as if you're not getting a clean sheet and go for the most attacking player. Yeah. Right? Robbo. Like looking like Luton Brighton, what was it two weekends ago? Brighton playing serious attacking football. Luton bang four goals. Luton yeah, keep uh, the clean sheet. Yeah, Luton keep the clean sheet. Tell me um, if you predicted 4 4 in Newcastle and Luton. And if you tell if you told me it did you're a liar. Right? I had two Newcastle defenders and nearly expected clean sheets. Looting away from home. All teams are pulling it out of the bag. It's near the end of the season. So we're going to see some ridiculous results. Teams are going to go balls to the wall to get results. The likes of Burnley's and the Sheffields, who have previously been maybe a bit tame and don't want to concede and play on the counter-attack. They're going flat out. They don't mind to get count that they're going to get counted because they need to score. So only look for your attacking players. Shaw, I know he might be the most attacking, but uh, returned two weeks ago with an assist, clean sheet this week, and was on for bonus. So some of these players that might be the most attacking, but they're always on the ball. Luke Shaw for United is always in the bonus point system. Have a look at some of the players that are high on that system. Luke Shaw is one of them. Um, and try and target them. Rodri. Rodri is also on our waivers, and we'll explain why at that time. <laughs> Joe, <laughs> Joe Pedro um, Joe Pedro I think is undervalued because he has this kind of tainted name of rotation but he's still getting consistent minutes over the last 5, 6, 7 games and Matoma Matoma obviously um, knocked out of the Asian Cup therefore he will be back probably next week yep 
probably game week 24. If not, game week 25. I was just looking at the Asian Cup there because in relation to Huang. Mm-hmm. So South Korea played Jordan in the semi-finals. You'd like to think South Korea would win that. Mm-hmm. And in the other semi then, it's Iran against Qatar. So, look. No disrespect to our Jordan, Iran or Qatar listeners. But, but I do think Huang and Son yeah. and all the other boys... Yeah, I think it's coming home for South Korea. I think it's coming home. So with that in mind, it could be 26, game week 26, 27? 27, depending on celebrations. And yeah. I know that sounds mad, but... It, that's, that's what I read today on Twitter. It, said it could be a bit longer, depending on the rest that they're giving, yeah. their clubs give them. Yeah. So they, they, how long is the competition? Three weeks? Uh, I think it was a month overall. Yeah, flat out. Flat out, yeah. Travelling, travelling back, celebrating. It could be game week 27. So... That He Chan might look even better for someone that's uh, trading him. Now, uh, be very careful about how your team is set up. If you're trading for He Chan and you need him to play, well, it could be another three game weeks. Um, so, yeah, just be very, very mindful. Overvalued players. And these are always the hardest ones to predict because they're always doing well at the time and you don't want to give them away. But Pedro Porro, on everyone's lips as an unbelievable asset and so on and so forth. Spurs have one of the highest expected goals conceded in the league. I think they're 17th, or at least they were over the last couple of weeks. The highest score Porro has got this year is 8 points. Can you believe that? That's I didn't believe that when I saw it. Uh, it was in game week 17. So although he's been consistent, I think the idea is that he's been uh, the best defender of the season. When Trippier has outscored him by a mile mm. and he's gone under the radar. So if you want to get some good players, if you have Poro, maybe a good decision to cash in. Now, just to note, with these overpriced players or overvalued players, it doesn't mean they're bad picks. It means that maybe that they're better in terms of valuation than we expect. Poro might continue to get them six and seven pointers and then a couple of one or twos in there. But the problem is, or the issue is that could you have someone else that gets more consistent points or has a higher ceiling? You get someone that gets an, an a Moreno that gets a 14-pointer. Well, that essentially has mitigated three weeks of Poro scores. Just yeah. make sure that we are getting the most efficient points out of the players that we have. Maybe I was a bit starry-eyed as well over Poro because Poro has 85 points mm-hmm. in fantasy football. And then Adoji, who I thought is, like, I know he's very electric when you yeah. watch him on the pitch. He did was injured mm-hmm. for a bit of time. He only has 62 points would go to midfielders they'd have like 90 100 points so in and around your 60s your Adogis Thiago Silva 64 points more two more points than Adoji and Chelsea have been terrible Mitchell Brathwaite Dowie been a very good um, a very very good player this year all your midfielders have upwards of 190 80 points so if you are trading a Paro maybe the best decision and what I would usually do for a defender is try upgrading that midfield that seems to be the place where you can get the most amount of points. Um, you get your clean sheets, you get an extra point for a goal. You also have players that play in very advanced positions. A Richarlison is a striker. So if you can get like upgrade a Poro somehow to a Richarlison, that's an unbelievable move. Like the likes of John McGinn has 90 points. Five more points than Pedro Poro. You wouldn't... If, if, you, had, if you could trade a defender for a midfielder, you wouldn't do it in your head. Yeah. But on paper, it is the best decision. Other players, quickly, that are overvalued. Werner, because I think when Son comes back, 
and everyone's fit. We now have Madison, we now have Kulisevsky, we now have Johnson, we now have Richarlison, and we have Werner. He, we still have this kind of starry-eyed version of him in our head because he's still relatively new. He is a striker, that's the only thing that he has in his favour, but the problem is that he's playing on the wing. So what I mean by have that in his favour, there's very little strikers. So by having a striker in your team, a starting striker, it's very valuable in terms of positioning. But in terms of positioning in real life, it's a hindrance. I also think his minutes will be reduced when Son comes back. And even if it's not, he has Kulisevsky up his hole and Johnson. So Werner, a trade over the line now would be a great decision. Jota, and you might be surprised that we're saying Jota, but well, we always talk about players in terms of, of stonks. His stonks are as high as they can possibly go right now. You know, you could. no one wants to trade him that, that has him. But... Salah's uh, return is imminent yeah we know that there's always going to be a rotation there so down the line Jota will give you headaches the only issue with Jota or the only saving grace is that he can haul on any day so if you're willing to keep Jota and hopefully get one of them hauls on any given day as I said fine but if you're looking for someone that is nearly nailed down um, and you want to upgrade maybe a Jota to a Madison or something like that I would love that um, I would love to be in Madison's favour because Spurs very attacking side doesn't matter about clean sheets Min's guaranteed um, and Jota has some sort of risk coming back in the short term as well that could be could be a good trade because Liverpool do have the double and Spurs have blank so if someone saw that trade be like oh great Jota has a double game week and then Spurs have a blank yes I'm going to get rid of Madison but after that then Salah be back Jota could have rotated minutes mm-hmm. um, and then Madder is just going to be consistent there exactly and although Jota might outscore Madison in that double game week by 10 or 15 points well then Madison has to catch up and the risk you have to take is that Madison will catch up um, Adebayo and Morris and the first question is going to be on them Adebayo and Morris I think are overvalued because Adebayo has 9 goals and he has scored 8 of them in the last 7 games right Morris has 11 returns and over 50, probably around 60% of them, have come in the last four game weeks. So again, it's Doge Cat to the Moon type stuff. <laughs> um, give me the odds in your head of the possibility of Adebayo keeping up his form. Eight go- seven goals in eight games. You know, it's it's 100 to 1. So I would be cashing in. They've got a double game week. Yes, they might score well and they are good players for that double game week. But we had this at the start of the season. We had this where Morris had a double game week and he was the consistent starter for Luton and yeah, he scored. But after that, he got out with the team and he was practically worthless. And if you traded him that week, you could got a lot. You probably could have gotten a, a Solanke that week. Because Solanke, you know, again, had a lower trade value at the start of the season. Morris, we thought, oh, on penalties, so on and so forth. You might have got a Solanke, maybe Morris with someone else. And two weeks later, no way. Solanke yeah. continues to score. Morris gets benched. So, overvalued, undervalued. Hopefully, it works out in their favour. As we said, overvalued doesn't mean bad picks. It means that you might get more than they're worth for them. Would you consider Ogbené? I know Ogbené is only kind of coming into the team and he's down as a striker as mm-hmm. well. Would you consider him overvalued or undervalued or would you be kind of indifferent on him? Because um, I think he's probably a, a good waiver pickup. Because a lot of people mightn't have him. I think he is slightly undervalued. Because 
He's playing in the shadow of the two boys. Correct. Yeah, because Morris and Adebayo are getting all the the, the plaudits and stuff like that because they're higher up the pitch. So rightly so, they should be getting more plaudits. Ogbeni is not going to set the world alight, but I still think he's a decent pick. Might go under the radar. Waiver pick if he's there. I'm sure he's picked up by a good few. Will be starting, and we always want him to do well. So yeah. Hopefully. Maybe in those larger size leagues, it could be a good pick up. Fantastic pick up, I think. Um, Morris, first question. So into the question section, we'll get through it quickly and then on to our waivers. Morris Adebayo, who you picking? Um, I like Adebayo. Yeah. If if we had to pick one or two of these to start, if we have them on the waivers, Adebayo, aerial threat. Morris on penalties, yes, but how many penalties will they get? How often do Luton spend in the opposition box? And if you look at the stat- stats um, on penalties, City get the most and the teams that get relegated get the least because, well, City are camped. You know what I mean? City are going to be in possession in the opposition box more often than not. So I wouldn't just look at, oh, um, penalties. Just go Morris. Adebayo is... uh, Now, Morris is a good aerial threat as well, but Adebayo is probably a better aerial threat and they're going to look to the air for a lot of those returns. Doughty whipping in the ball. Adebayo. Or boy Doughty. Um, Next question. Broja or Muniz, who would you have? I know Muniz started and got the goal the last day, but long term, I still think Broja will get in there. I think, you never know, Muniz probably deserves the second start in a row. But I think if I had to pick, personally, I'd go Broja. I think Broja will expect to get in there. I haven't seen them play two up top for a long, long time. So I don't think it's going to happen. I think Broja will get in there long term. But it's Bobby Zamora days. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> literally. Um, you'd probably have to wait a week or two. Just because of that Muniz goal, he's probably bought himself a bit more time. But inevitably, they'll want to get Broja in there. Uh, the way Fulham play as well, if they play on the counter-attack, Broja is fairly quick. Um, he's not as technical as a lot of strikers, but a decent finisher if he gets one-on-one. So that will suit Fulham. He's a bit, he's a bit like Morata, I think. That's actually a good That's a, a good comparison, man. Yeah, very, very like... He's a bit heavy on the turn, but... Um, Strong on the ball. Yeah. Good finish. Yeah. Not the quickest. Broja is pretty quick. Yeah, but yeah, it's not going to be his best, best thing. You know, he's not going to absolutely burn defenders. Yeah. But he's uh, he's he's good at making runs. Um. So, Matthew Ringham. This man is Maupay's biggest supporter. So he was mad about Maupay all week. And then when Maupay scored, he sent a little gif in. And he's asking, like, when are we going to give Maupay his credit? And yeah. I think Maupay definitely deserves credit. Now, why, where would you value Maupay? I know someone asked me about like Adebayo and all these different players and where would you put Maupay in that? And you'd have to put Maupay pretty, pretty high among them low-level strikers. There's a lot of muck around there. Your Amdunis, your uh, Fosters and all that. Maupay has to be pretty high. For, would you have him above DCL? Um, I think I would. I probably would, and I know it's hard to say, but it's very, very tight. The only reason I'd have him above DCL is because of that double game week. And I suppose we look at Maupay and you know what he brings to the table. Maupay is playing up top with Tony, and that's probably his biggest positive. And that's why I'd put him over DCL, because DCL's isolated. Everton are a good attacking side, which we'll talk about, but Maupay is playing up top with Tony, and we know how good Tony can be at holding off the ball and a worker workhorse up top to set up Maupay and Maupay is a savage finisher proper good um, 
now. You're I giving him his credit now. Yeah, but I don't like him. He's a fucking. I don't think he's not a likable character. He's not. But do you know, what? I don't care about that. He's a whore for a yellow card. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's he he's one of those that'll get a one pointer or or an eight pointer, and that really frustrates me. You know what I mean? Um, he has some very tough fixtures. That that double is not easy. I think it's Liverpool and City. So, yeah. Right. Although he's a good pick, and he looks like he's getting his ninety minutes, you know, on a consistent basis. My issue is that he's a bit inflated. Three goals, three games, double game week coming up. It's kind of the Adebayo, the Morris. So although he's a good pick, if you think he's a bit overvalued, a trade for the likes of a Wilson who's been out injured and you know Isaac is competition, I don't mind. Wilson on pens. Wilson, good fixtures. Wilson, you know, natural goal scorer, but injury prone. So I think it's a like for like. Joe Pedro, I know, again, frustrating, but fantastic fixtures, can haul on any given day and possibly on pens, right? So both Wilson and Joe Pedro have asterisks over them because of rotation and because of injury. Maupay has an inflated value because of that double game week and its recent form. All three decent picks at a lower level, kind of mid-tier strikers. Next question was, should I get rid of Reina? For Ramsey. So Reina, the new sign-in on loan from Dortmund for Forest, came on, I think it was for like 12 or 13 minutes the last game. Looks like a very decent player. Looks like he can get into that starting 11. American, isn't he? American, correct. Um, now, the problem with Forest is that they have very tough fixtures. Newcastle, West Ham, Villa, Liverpool. So Newcastle, yeah, they've been conceding. Uh, West Ham, you'd like to think that they'll shore up the defence slightly. Villa, Liverpool. I think he's going to be a good pick from 28 onwards. Forest fixtures from 28 onwards are good. And we'll see how consistently he plays. The next two fixtures, Newcastle and West Ham, aren't the worst in terms of attack. Because I can see them conceding. But, well, what if he only gets 20 minutes the next day and starts the next one and gets 60 minutes? By the time game week 28 comes around, I think we'll have a better value, a better understanding of how good he is, where he's going to play, who's going to get dropped for him, because he's up against Alanga, Gibbs-White, and Hudson-Odoi, who's just recently banged. So, although I think he's good enough to start, it might take him maybe two or three weeks. So, I'd probably hold off on that, and maybe look to the waivers that we're going to suggest, rather than uh, keep Ramsey. I wouldn't advise that, just because, again, injury-prone, Villa playing unbelievable, and yeah, I just don't see him getting back in that team as a very, very good FPL prospect. And then what to do with Isaac? Um, I don't know. I have him myself. I actually just, I would say wait for more news. Eddie Howe, unfortunately, is a bit of a FPL troll because he did say, oh, he's he's close. He might play against Luton. And then the quote came out was like, no, he wasn't near. No, he wasn't close at all. So I would probably wait a week and assess it then. Don't just do anything too rash. His value is too low to get any decent trades over the line. Uh, probably wait a week. And finally, from our good mate Corey, Salah and Awoni. I want to trade them. Who realistically would, realistically would I get for them? I don't know why I'd be trading either of those. No. Salah, hopefully you're back in a week or two. Maybe that's the reason. Maybe you want to get someone that's playing. Man, you want to be looking for someone unbelievable. KDB. K- honestly, KDB and maybe a fucking and a dud 
for Salah and Awoni. I think both of them will be fantastic players from now to the end of the KDB season. KDB and Adebayo. Yeah, KDB and Adebayo, that'd be good for a short term. Um, I think in four game weeks time, you'll be like, how did I sell Salah and Awoni? Because um, as I said, Forrest come into them unreal fixtures. Salah hopefully back banging Klopp's last year. I reckon Salah will get 10 goals when he comes back. So, yeah, if you can ride it out the next game week or two and hopefully get a couple of good waivers, I would be keeping them. Uh, maybe send in a couple of options to us uh, what you have received. If something happens to Mopay, like Awoni, I know he's back from injury, but the strikers on the waivers are few and far between. Mm-hmm. So the last thing you want to be doing is having to look in the waiver for a striker. Yeah, that's very true. If you're picking up, as you said, KDB and a waiver striker, you're practically having one player. Whereas there, you're having two. And finally, on to our waiver section of the podcast. The defenders we're going to talk about, again, they're all attacking defenders. And ignore clean sheets. Unless we see some common trend of a really solid team, um, forget about it. Yeah, the first one we have is Cash. Cash is in there because, as we said, Konza is injured and he's been starting right back for the last while. And they play Fulham, Forest, and Luton. So three fixtures in a row. Although, again, they look like ones you could keep clean sheets in and Villa have been okay. Uh, we're going to be looking to attack and returns. And at the start of the season, Cash was getting very far forward. Fulham, Forest, Luton, all of them are likely to concede. Hopefully, Cash will be involved somehow. Diego Carlos is similar to that. Diego Carlos. Um, hopefully we can get a couple of clean sheets but maybe a Diego Carlos bullet header or something like that our boy Castagne we we tipped him three weeks ago and he didn't start the next game and then he, we said in the thing get him for Chelsea but we don't want him for Chelsea we want him for the next three games and the next three games he got two clean sheets as far oh no because he didn't get a clean sheet he got two returns I got an assist and a clean sheet. So sometimes you have to kind of input a bit of time and a bit of uh, faith in these players and not just get them and, oh, they didn't start, and then just panic and get them out straight away. Give them the two, three, four weeks that we that we say. He had 0.44 XGI last weekend against Burnley, and they're playing Bournemouth at home this weekend. Bournemouth again, been shaky. And Castagne looks great going forward, so... If you're looking for a defender that might get in the score sheet, hopefully he can get a knock it on to Broge's head or something. Castagne, 0.44 XGI, I'd take that all day long. Eight Nori, left wing back position for Wolves. Unfortunately, he's not the best finisher, but they're playing Brentford. Okay. Um, Was the goal awarded to him no. against Chelsea? It didn't get no. awarded to him. Oh, it didn't, no. It was an own goal to Sassy. So he gets in them positions. There was a, a period. About 10 game weeks ago where Eight Nori looked like the best pick of the week and he got one on one and scuffed it but inevitably when you keep getting in them positions you're going to get returns and if not he is servicing the likes of Neto and the likes of Cunha who are playing very very well uh, and hopefully he chan when he comes back so they're playing Brentford who haven't been solid Spurs one of the highest XGC Sheffield we say no yeah. more Newcastle Fulham and Bournemouth so over the next six game weeks, you can actually keep Aitnori, even start him, and hope 
of some attacking returns. If you get a clean sheet in there, it's a bonus. How many goals are Wolves going to score in the next, whatever is that, six? Six games. Uh, they, 12 plus. I, rec- I reckon they'll, they'll score in every one of those games. Yeah. And so you're hoping... Two, two, nearly two two goals in each game. Yeah, if they get, ten, they're probably going to get ten games or ten goals minimum in the next six games. That's that's my prediction. So, um, hopefully, Nori will be somewhat involved or at least up and about. And we know what assists are like in FPL. Hits the post or passes it to a player, the next person gets the the goal. It's an assist. Yeah. So as long as he's up and around, which he is, then players that are on fire, boom, you have your good yourself a good FPL asset. And then, not the best one, I would probably put Nori and Cash up the top, just in terms of longevity, maybe three games, two games. Um, Regulon. Regulon, again, is taking up that Rico Henry um, position on the left wing. And as we said, up around Tony, up around Mope, uh, he's in and around the mix. They have a double game week coming up. Unfortunately, the fixtures don't favour Brentford. Wolves, Liverpool away. City, West Ham, Chelsea, Arsenal. So some of the toughest fixtures in the league. But again, he passes the ball off. He uh, wins a penalty. Tony takes it. Boom. We have ourselves an assist. And if your players are get, if your defenders are getting three points, four yeah. points, that's like a massive win. So all of those are going to be very very attacking defenders, and hopefully they can, you know. Yeah, it happens so often. Like I know you mentioned Saliba. I don't know how many times I've gone into normal FPL. And it's just like two-pointer, one-pointer. And he's playing Burnley, he's playing whoever. You know what I mean? You're like, unreal, uh, clean sheet locked in here. Just break your heart, man. How, how bad have big defenders even been, you know, the last couple of weeks in normal fantasy? Your your whole back line scores four points. Like yeah. Joe. So, yeah, you nearly be better off going for an attacking asset like Reglan Castagne or Ait Nuri. And like, if they get the two... just having a punt at them because, look, they could get two points. Yeah. Well, there's no guarantee that uh, a big, big defender is going to outscore that. Yeah. Um, or midfielders. Uh, I suppose I'll try and rank them here. I'm going to say them all and then we'll try and rank them ourselves. Yeah. Barnes, Almiron, Rodri, Andreas, and Fatty. I think I'm placing Barnes up the top there. I'm looking at him as well. Correct. Almiron's good as well because, although he hasn't been playing very good this season... Um, as we said, Gordon's now injured, and I was I was worried about Almiron's minutes when Barnes came back. But now that Gordon's injured, maybe that I know they're different positions, but I just thought there'd be a bit of rotation. And um, Isaac's now injured, so again, if there was a chance of him playing on the wing and Wilson playing up top, I think Barnes and Almiron. Their fixtures are Forest, Bournemouth, Arsenal, Wolves, Chelsea, Palace, West Ham. So even for the next two or three, Barnes and Almiron, I think are definitely up there. I think down the bottom is Andres Pereira. Although he's a very good pick, he was one of the most advanced. He was actually technically on average position, the most advanced player um, versus Burnley. He got an assist and he's playing Bournemouth this weekend. He's usually on a couple of set pieces. As a one-way punt, decent pick, but they have some tough fixtures. So the reason he's down the bottom is because he is a one-way punt. And then in the middle, I suppose it's how you want to play it. I'd have Rodri below the Newcastle assets yeah I go yeah, about Barnes Almiron Rodri Fatty Andres Fatty Andres yeah Rodri Steady Eddie double gaming coming up as well they're playing Everton this week and the likelihood is that Decore and Onana will be out therefore 
I expect City to dominate midfield, as they always do. But Rodri could be on the end of a goal. You know he's definitely going to play. Ansu Fati has an, a massive upside. They play Spurs and probably won't start, get a few minutes. If he starts the next three or four games, Sheffield, Everton, Fulham, Forest, he could be an unbelievable asset. The problem with Fati, although he's a good pick, Adingra will be coming back from the AFCON. Matoma will be coming back, will nearly guaranteed be back 24. Yeah, should be back in And Fati previously has been one of the most disappointing FPL assets in terms of the draft this season. So although he has the, uh, the potential to be a very good pick, I'd be weary about his minutes and I wouldn't be putting him too high. I know a lot of people are really, really hot on him. That's great, but there's a chance he could continue his form and absolutely flop. Um, he's coming back from another big injury, very, very injury prone. He was decent when he played, you know, a, a nice chunk of minutes. But yeah, there's there's going to be risks around his minutes. Yeah, I was just looking at Everton because I know you mentioned um, like Decore and Onana mm-hmm. both out injured. I just was double checking who their central midfielders would be: James Garner and Idrissa Gay. Um, Ashley Young right wing you know what I mean Ashley Young right wing Dwight McNeil yeah Um, even though Everton are a decent attacking side they racked up I think over 2.5 or around 2.5 XGI versus Spurs and Spurs didn't have over 1 XGI they had less than 1 XGI against um, Everton last weekend so Everton had the worst attacking side but I just think Rodri versus a depleted midfield. James Garner, Drissa Gay will have ample opportunity for shots. He is also a double game week and a consistent starter. So them three, four, five points that he picks up, he's already going to be miles ahead of Fatty. Adingra comes back. Maybe if we see Fatty start against Sheffield, um, we can pick him up for the Everton, Fulham and Forest. You could pick him up early in preparation, but be warned. Be warned that... Next week, if he doesn't start, and Sheffield, if he doesn't start, you'll want to get rid of him. Personally, I'd rather have Rodri on my team than Antu Fati. The upside doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I get you. He'd give me too many headaches. Headaches, headaches, headaches. Okay, punt of the week. Gallagher versus Palace. Palace are depleted. Palace are nothing without Eze and Olise. There's a possibility Eze doesn't play. Gay is injured. They're new signing in centre mid I forget his name lost the ball twice against Brighton was very poor maybe it was just the first day jitters Gallagher is old club on loan um, and he's been one of the most consistent starters for Chelsea Mudrick has come on it's very been very frustrating Sterling's been whipped Palmer you're not going to have as a low level punt of the week Gallagher versus Palace and I really really hope he does score and finally up top we don't have many on the waiver. Maybe Broja, if he wasn't picked up, I would pick him up for a, a low-level non-playing striker. Uh, what rotating strikers do we have? Um, Archer. Archer, exactly. Players like that that are getting in and out of bad teams. Broja is definitely going to be an upgrade. Fofana for Burnley. On loan from Chelsea. Looked very, very impressive against Fulham. Banged the two goals. Yeah, um, yeah I would be looking... At players like Amdouni. Uh, he's going to be a minute's risk now. Foster, I think... I probably presume Foster's going to play more. But we don't know yet. So, if you have Amdouni this week, I would be looking to get him out. Because 
Burnley have very tough fixtures and there's a chance that he gets rotated now or Fofana even starts full stop. So on paper, Amdouni looks decent in terms of minutes. Next week, you won't get any trade over the line. You're looking back to the waivers. There's nothing there. You now have two playing strikers. If one of them gets injured, you're down to one. So try and get Amdouni over the line for even, and I know this might be a very big punt, and Edward not playing at all. Mateta playing consistently. I don't know how, even though he banged a good header. Okay. I just feel like the likes of an Edward, even an Antonio, he's got another like two or three weeks to come back. They could be sitting on your bench doing nothing for two or three weeks and then be very good assets. Amdouni might be sitting on your bench and getting on for 10 or 15 minutes and you might think, well, he's starting striker. And then Antonio comes back, Edward gets in there and they're gone. So if the likes of um, Antonio or Edward are on the bench and you have a non-playing striker, they might be just absolutely low-risk pickups. That you have a very poor striker that's not playing or rotated and you're kind of putting your eggs in the basket of players that are not playing at all but in two or three weeks' time could get in that team and be middle-of-the-road strikers rather than your you know, bottom-of-the-barrel. Yeah, I was just checking Mateta's goal stats uh, this season. He's three goals. Three goals. Now, I think he's three. similar. Three assists as well. Um, I know Edward was the consistent starter. but They played together as well. They played together before. And if Olise is injured and they're having all these injury troubles, there is a possibility we see Edward and Mateta even start together. Um, they actually played very well when they started together. I'm very surprised two at Edward. Two big lumps of strikers. Yeah, two, yeah <laughs> two strong boys. So I think Edward is a low-risk pick as long as you're not giving away someone that's consistently playing. DCL uh, could be on the, the waiver. They have some tough fixtures. DCL now looks like he's putting a good run of games together. Finally got his goal. I think it was 12 games. 12 games, yeah. 12 games he didn't score. I know it was a, a, a bit of a sloppy goal, but they all count. Uh, if you have a very... If you have an Amdouni and you want to give like a waiver midfielder away and get a DCL and a waiver midfielder, I think that'll be a good decision. So you have your low-level strikers, your Fofanas, your Brogers, your DCLs, your low-risk strikers that aren't playing, your uh, Edwards, and if you really need someone, Antonio, in preparation for him getting back in the team. Does he even get back in the team? We don't know. Um, Do they keep going? Playing down to the middle? Exactly. Um, now, if you have no one, maybe it's a bit of a, an investment down the line. So, that is us rounded up for Game Week 24. As always, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow the podcast. Follow us on all social media, any shape, any way, shape or form. If you have any last minute lineup questions or free agent questions, send them in. On Friday evening, we are going to be doing a question box and we'll get back to as many as possible. But other than that, draft Joe out. Boom! Boom! Your turn, man. Your turn.